Hey y'all, welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and I've got a really good one for you tonight. Hugging Molly The mud poured like sands down the necks of a thousand shattered hourglasses. Every drenched grain bullied away precious atoms of oxygen fallen into the red clay bunker Douglas and his friends scooped out of the Abbeville clay with hands and feet and big gulp cups for two days straight. Only one of those feet remained in the collapsed pit then. A filthy boy-sized ten Buster Brown peeked out from where Enos Walker slid down into the makeshift fort but a few seconds before and having set off that burnt orange avalanche. Douglas pulled at his hair with cruddy hands, turned silently to Reuben, who dropped to a knee in stunned protest of the reality of what just happened, and then to Gretchen, who had already leapt at the dirt pile ahead of her frightened calls of Enos's name. Her velocity pulled Douglas and Reuben into her wake, and she slammed cupped hands into the soft mush on the landing. Douglas grabbed the foot and ripped it away, just an empty shoe of the pale, sockless appendage that normally called it home. Enos was buried under there about four feet down with no air, no light, and no way out. His three best friends dug away milk quarts of heavy dirt and two-handed load after two-handed load, but the forces of gravity and adhesion were stronger than any collection of eleven-year-old hands tired at twilight on that hot July Sunday in 1983. Their channels to where Enos might lay filled in again as fast as they opened them. Enos could hold his breath longer than any of his compatriots, and he proved it on the regular when Gretchen's mama drove them up the road to Blue Springs in Clio. But his record was about two minutes and thirty seconds, and they dug for twice that before realizing they were outmatched. We gotta get help, Douglas admitted between gasping inhales. It's almost dark, and he's been under there too long. Without acknowledging him, Gretchen kept clawing at the endless pit. Reuben cried, stopped, and then slammed his fists into the mud. He's dead! Reuben yelled, he's dead. We're all dead. The sun's going down, and Molly's going to get us before we get help. Gretchen stopped at that mention and threw a dirt clod hard in Reuben's chest. Hugging Molly ain't real, Reuben, she bellowed. What's real is we got to get Enos out from under this mess and now. She is real, Reuben retorted, and she ain't getting me. He darted from the fallen clay fortress and did not look back on his trajectory toward the horse trail that led back to Field Road, about a mile on to Douglas's house. Every pore on his body ionized in fear, Douglas shrugged earnestly at Gretchen and then took off behind Reuben. The wind whistled past his famously protruding ears as he flew. He imagined himself the Flash, a crackling red streak of heroism en route to pass up Reuben and save the day himself. A stifled cry behind him interrupted his jagged sprint. He approached the already stopped Reuben when he turned to look back for Gretchen. Was that Gretchen? Where is she? He asked, probing the dimming trail behind him through squinted eyes. Reuben's brown-black irises surrendered to the intrusive whites of his eyes, and he pointed to a black mass between them and Enos's burial site. Somebody was there. A rotund grown-up faced away beneath a veiled funeral hat and hovered over the buckled white legs of Gretchen. Its heavy black robe writhed and wriggled in silent work, interrupted only by skinny white arms stretched partially around its bulk in taut embrace. Hagen Molly! Reuben screamed as if calling to the thing. 
we're late getting home. And he rabbited toward the road again. Douglas procrastinated a moment, still uncertain that he saw what he saw. But then she looked at him. The pallid, fat face rotated from the flaccid figure of Gretchen to smile at him across the thirty or so yards that parted them. The glinting pupil screamed, You're late. The harm embedded in that steely telepathy propelled him behind and swiftly past Reuben, cloaked again in his flash fantasy. The familiar tumble of elbows and knees behind him presaged the cry of a fallen kid. <laughs> Dougie, wait! Reuben yelled as he went down. Douglas slowed to subsonic speed to look back one last time. Reuben lay crumpled on the grass, tried to collect himself, and stared pleadingly at him. Before even his reflex allowed action, the burgeoning evening coalesced its dark rays over Reuben, wove Molly's cloak from matter in that void of the light. The rest of Twilight's enforcer materialized within the black of that garment, hands that pulled Reuben from the ground to her bulging bosom, blistered lips that whispered inaudibly in his ear and blanketed his eyes and his will with their unknown telling, arms that wrapped around the boy's little frame, and Reuben's limbs reciprocated as she issued her quiet reprimand for staying out too late. The loss of a friend was no excuse. Reuben's hug accomplished, another little body dropped from the dark of Molly's robes. It was Gretchen, her expression drawn into a fright mask as though frozen in a funny face play, as foretold by all mothers everywhere since the beginning of time. Her hands clenched in contractures of shock. Her body tied in a faux rigor mortis from her minutes in the wafting hell of a place within hugging Molly. Reuben was Molly's then too, and Douglas was even later getting home. It was either the front door or the hug for him and he would not let this day end smothered like Enos and Gretchen and Reuben. The darkening world about him crawled to slow motion. He pantomimed stretching the flash's cowl over his eyes and nose, and he was off with gritted teeth, the ground aflame at each touch of his hyperkinetic feet. The sun cowered beneath the tree line opposite Field Road as Douglas turned to ride the white line on the asphalt that led to his driveway. The night dropped around him, and all the imagined speed force his mind could muster was unlikely to get him home before hugging Molly did to him what she'd already done to his friends without super speed. He fought the urge to look back, focused on running. His lungs burned, his throat hurt, his legs wanted to quit, but he just had to gut it out a few more minutes, and her claim to him would be voided with but a touch of the screen door handle. If only speed were a factor. The dark thickened around him. Smoke black and cold and reeking of mothballs. The coalescing cloud moved with him zigs or zags or fainted stops or starts until the black fabric of Molly's garments flailed about his face and arms, and the world outside of it vanished. The sleeves and collars roiled like eels in a drought-bled creek and smelled worse. Douglas slowed before they tripped him. He tried to stop, drop, and roll, as if the blackness was fire, but the crepe-skinned arms that grew in the robes held him up. The collar unfurled in a vomit of varicose cadaverous flesh to unveil Molly's grinning countenance. Her sunken charcoal eyes sparked beneath the hat that wove itself from strands of greasy gray hair. The race home was lost, and Douglas knew 
that he deserved what he was about to get. He stiffened in wait for those waxen old arms to encircle him, thought of all the times Mama warned him about getting home before the streetlights came on. He never minded her, so he would pay the price. The hug didn't come immediately, though. Molly still held another to be released before Douglas took his place between clasped fingers and chest. Reuben, his face stretched and frozen in a death grimace like Gretchen's, was birthed from Molly's nightclothes. He melted through her release and into the world outside, fallen to their joint decision to defy Twilight's simple curfew. And it was all Douglas's fault. For the dirt was his idea. Finishing it at the cost of staying out too late was his idea, too. Like Gretchen, he didn't believe in hugging Molly, and Molly knew it. The fact of his skepticism was the source of the gleeful glimmer in her eyes as she took him into her embrace. He felt the justice with every cold breath on his ear when she squeezed him to her, and she began her whispers. They were low mumbles at first, incrementally rising in volume and pitch with each utterance. All the wind left in Douglas escaped in that hug, replaced with the arctic gales piercing his ears then in thunderous screams of rebuke. Honor thy father and mother, father and mother. Do as you're told. Do as you're told. Stop running in and out. Running in and out. Don't you back talk to me. You back talk to me. You'll do it and you'll like it. And you'll like it. You better get home. You better get dark. A rapid-fire medley of each and every parental warning ever imagined, and all of them stampeded through Douglas's formative little conscience like a herd of blazing bison. The realization of his guilt in all aspects pulled at his heart and at his face with forces beyond the physical. His eyes burned with tears that did not come. His mouth curled in spasm with cries silent from empty lungs. Was that what Enos felt in the belly of the fallen fortress? A fear forged in the helplessness from his own defiance of the most basic parental cautions? An acceptance of the ultimate price paid for a prize so stupid? Enos lay face down and drowned in red clay, lost and alone, with no friends left to tell his folks what had happened to him. At least Douglas had someone to hug. You've been listening to Ain't No Such Thing, Huggin' Molly, written by Kevin Laporte, narrated and produced by Amanda Rachels. If you'd like to hear some more of our stories, well, you need to subscribe to Ain't No Such Thing. You can find Ain't No Such Thing on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon campaign, Ain't No Such Thing, on Patreon, where you can get some additional Patreon-exclusive content. If you'd like to learn more about Abbeville, Alabama's Huggin' Molly legend, check out our previous episode on Huggin' Molly where we do a deep dive into the origins of that legend and what it means to the town today. Thanks again for listening, y'all. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'm going to be back with another one for you real soon. All characters, content, and situations, copyright Inverse Press, 2020. All rights reserved.